Moshon is a fresh of breath air. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love eating it. Most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? It, it, it kind of looks like a football, actually. It, thank you for that. The stitching, you that, got it. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, stay focused. Um, work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It feels a bomb. It feels a bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Witty Nation. Welcome, everyone, to episode 120 of the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast, the number one self rated Buffalo sports podcast covering the Bills, Sabres, Entertainment, and everything in between. And as always, part of the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Go follow us on Twitter at Witty Sports 716 and make sure you check out everything. Built in Buffalo is giving you every single day the best Bills content out there at Built in Buffalo underscore. We are your hosts. I am Matt. He is Tony. Tony, what's going on? Just sit right back and listen to a pod from two Bill stands with mics. Matt in the North Towns, Tony in the Rock, reminiscing on Brandon Spikes. The Bills have a lot to analyze, but we leave that to pundits. So we sing dumb songs or reference TV shows of all the 90s hits. The podcast started four minutes ago with Matt Greco. Tony Ambrose, Kendall Gaskins, and Sal, the movie star interviewer, Kingsley Jonathan, and more here on the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast. Yeah, that was up. Yeah, that was really good. Mm, I kind of hated it. Why? What did you hate about that? Gilgan's Island theme seems a little trite. A lot of parodies <laughs> on it already. What drives it home? Bob Denver got canceled. Oh, Bob Denver. In my mind, I was Gilgan's Island. In my mind, I had you. I thought you were saying "Sunshine on the Fucking Shoulders," John Denver. You said Bob Denver, but I was interpreting it as John Denver. No, I I'm right. It's Bob Denver. Yeah, Are Bob Denver. Brothers? Okay, the Denver brothers. Wow, that would be blowing my mind. <laughs> we'll never know. The Denver right? brothers is what they're about to maybe call uh, Rex Ryan. The Ryan brothers might be the Denver yes. brothers. Oh, I have some Rex Ryan uh, later on for us. In this episode, Ooh, baby. So, little little tease, little teaser, yeah, teaser there. I'm I'm intrigued and rock. Tony, we got a wow. Okay, <laughs> I don't even know where to go from there. We got a lot of Bills news to get into this week, Tony. A lot of Bills news, stadium news, combine, a departure that we've been. I don't know if anticipating is the right word, hoping is the right word, but it happened. We'll get into all of that before we start, though, Tony. In our Bills news. I teased it last week. I feel like we got to talk about it this week if you'd like. I'd like to. I'd like to talk about the XFL for a couple minutes. Who wouldn't? This will drive the listeners, the listenership up. It's great. You don't think there's a rabid XFL fan base out there? Rabid is maybe not the most appropriate term for the XFL fan base. Might be. If you're a DC Defenders fan. I've heard the DC Defenders are like the quintessential, like they're the most popular team by far. They're the best team by far. I think they're appealing to just like fraternity row at local colleges. <laughs> like they're throwing lemons at their players for some unbeknownst reason. The fans are? Yeah, it's amazing. Wow. The XFL is back, though. I am a fan. It's not good football by any means. You see former Bills greats like A.J. McCarron, 
and Austin mm-hmm. Prohl on the field. <laughs> um, I feel like there's going to be a Randall Johnson pop pop up somewhere in the near future here. Maybe our our go-to presumed goat, Elvin Bowen, makes an appearance. That'd be amazing. But the players of yesteryear's past are now the XFL's present. But the best thing about the XFL, to me, is the rule changes. And that's the nice thing about these secondary leagues. It offers some different perspectives on the game. And one of those perspectives being a bunch of rule changes that they can test, do a little R&D on, and the XFL has implemented some rule changes that I am in favor for that I think the NFL should seriously look into. The first being the kickoff. The kickoff is one of the most exciting plays in football if it's returned. The problem is it doesn't get returned a lot. The XFL, I think, has jumped return rates 30% on kickoffs. And what they do, for those who have not watched the XFL in the first three weeks here of the league, they have the kicker and the returner in the normal positions as they would be in the NFL. But any coverage team or blocking team is like five or 10 yards apart from each other all the way down at like the opposing 30 yard line. And they can't move until the returner catches the ball. So it eliminates all the negativity of, especially for a league like the NFL of we're so concerned about concussions. We don't have 200 plus pound guys running four, four at each other, just colliding at high velocities. Now you get the same excitement of a kickoff. That's more likely to be returned because you don't have guys flying at each other. I I love it, Tony. I think this, this is a great rule. I think the NFL should adopt it, especially them being so concussion conscious. This, this is exciting to me. I, I would, I would be all bored. This kickoff rule change. All bored. This is the phrase you're using. Bored. The, well, oh, you all used all a, board. You, okay. Well, you used a Gilligan's Island theme song. I felt like it was fitting. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. There's a nautical theme on the episode. There's a theme here, Tony. There's a theme. Yeah. Okay. I, I would say I Are love you jumping this idea. ship. I'm excited to be part of it. Uh, I'm jumping on the ship nice. because it seems like such a simple rule change. Like it's been staring us in the face the whole time. And then once you see it, it's just like, yes, of course. Like that's absolutely what should have happened. That's what should have happened from the get go is you can't move until the receiver receives it. This makes perfect sense. This is how it should always be. I love it. Love it. It's great. Also, the onside kicks have been eliminated and replaced Mm. with one chance to quote unquote recover the ball by converting a fourth and 15. I love this too, because if you're a Bills fan, you you should want this all day because if any team is going to convert and any player is going to convert a fourth and 15, it's Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs or the Buffalo Bills. Like, this would be this would be great. And how many onside kicks get recovered? And it's just it, it's nonsense, right? Like two get recovered all year total. So I'm all about the onside kick change as well. And the other big rule change, I don't know if I'm for this, but it is kind of a neat concept is after a touchdown is scored, there's no extra points. Teams can choose whether to have a one point, two point or three point play. And those vary based on different yardages. A three point conversion is from, I believe, the 10-yard line. A two-point is from the five, and the two-yard line is one point or something like that. But I kind of like this as well. We're taking kickers just out of the game (laughs) as if we didn't think they were football players as it is. But there was a game, 
I think opening weekend where a team was down like 12, 13 points and they scored like 16 points in a one and a half minute span because they scored a touchdown, converted the three points, got the onside kick, quote unquote, onside kick conversion, fourth and 15, scored another touchdown. <laughs> All in a minute. It, was, it was electric. Like, I'm, I'm not going to lie. It was very exciting. And uh, I think if you're a good team, you would love this because you could potentially just never give the ball back to the other team, <laughs> which sounds amazing. I think the XFL is doing good things. They got the gambling lines. They're very heavy into the gambling. You got the coaches mic'd up on challenges. You hear from, I think it's Dean Blandino in the booth, and he's explaining why a call is either being overturned or it stands. I think they're doing a lot of good things that the NFL should adapt. Mm-hmm. I, will, I do like what you're saying so far. I think that it, the one, two, three extra point kind of takes a little bit out of the chess game of football, makes it a little more checkersy. Yeah. What I really I like, if I may pivot, is some of, but not all, of the helmets. Who's your top XFL helmet? Is the Battlehawks? I like that one. <sighs> Battlehawks are definitely top, at least top two for me. Yes. Top two? I think I'm comfortable saying they're at least top two. The thing is, I think there's four elite helmets, and I think there's okay. four helmets that are absolute dog shit. Okay, what do you got? Well, let, let's do this. Okay, let's. I'll, I'll say a name. You tell me if you think it's elite or dog shit. Okay, Or somewhere in between. Okay, Arlington Renegades. Mm, I don't know. I get like very Alabama vibes with just the R on the side. Like, oh, that's what that is. That's has, a, that's an has, R. Has the number? Okay. Well, yeah, it's got it's got to be an R, right? It's a very confusing R. But it's okay, a, it's a confusing R. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I I'm not a fan of just like the number or the letter on the side. I, I like the logo. So I'm I'm thumbs down on the on the Renegade. I will agree. You're making a very valid point there. Now that I see like what this is, I'm just now going you see overall it for like color scheme, the fading of the of the navy blue. I really liked it. I like the pops of red in there. So I was thinking I liked mm-hmm. it a lot. So maybe it's maybe it's the fourth of my four good ones. Color scheme is great. Design not so yeah. much. Okay. Roughnecks. I mean, it feels like a classic from like the old UFL days. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of a throwback. So. I, I think for the simplicity of it, and I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it too. I like it. Sharp tone. Like, I think the color choices, like more than just navy blue, but the navy blue they yeah. chose, the red they chose, incredible. Yeah. I think it looks great. Sea Dragons. This is the worst one for me. This is the worst one for me too. The The logo <laughs> looks like it was made in Microsoft Paint 1998. It's yeah. not even like a good modern logo. <laughs> like, no, it, it looks terrible. I, I don't even know. And for such a progressive city like Seattle, it's very disappointing. <laughs> You'd think they would do better. Agreed. Orlando Guardians. See, I lived in Orlando for a year. They overplayed like the lion symbol way too much. Like the Orlando really? okay, Major talk, League. Take me there. The Orlando Major League Soccer team has the the lion symbol as their logo. It's just overplayed. I'm sorry, Orlando. Like get get something else. Do something cooler. Something more original between your teams i don't like it i didn't know about that situation with orlando and the lion but i tell you i love the neon border on that symbol the way it pops against the dark background yeah i mean it's not it's not bad it's not bad and it's overall like objectively i think it's a good symbol yeah all right brahmas first of all love the name (laughs) yeah you you can tell this is the team. I mean, it's named after the Rock, right? He's the Brahma Bull. 
So it oh, feels what? like this I... is the team that, it, yeah, yeah, that, that was from his old wrestling days. He's the probable. Right, okay. So, so it feels like this team is going to win the championship regardless. It, it's going to be rigged for this team because this feels like the rocks team. Now let's talk about the helmet. Like the color scheme, love a good puke green yellow color. I don't get it in terms of the logo though. This is the second <laughs> worst either. one for me behind the serpents. I don't Same. understand. I don't what know it what is. I'm looking at here. So if you're gonna if you're gonna name your team after the rock, just go all in. Have the the bowl tattoo he has on his arm. Just have that be the logo of the team. That would be cool. That would be better than this. I don't know what I'm looking at here. I feel like it's just, someone just it's just like a found, yeah, someone someone forgot to paint that area in. Yeah. Like I feel like I went to a first grade classroom and they were doing work with construction paper. So there's a lot of like jagged, weird, yeah. misshapen scraps of yellow construction paper on the floor. I took one I of those straps and glued it on a helmet. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. That's a great metaphor. That's what happened. That is what, yeah, that's what happened. Vegas you Vipers. Know what? what do you think, Tony? I think the Vegas Vipers have a pretty nice uniform. I partial the red and black. Mm-hmm. Helmet. Always. Helmet's okay. The way that they, I just think that the symbol kind of like, the the helmet completely leans on the symbol, and the symbol is average at best. The symbol looks like yeah. Madden franchise Moto Three. Yeah, it's like so, the the fake team. It's like one of the fake teams they give you in Madden when you create a franchise. Yeah. Right, it's exactly. exactly what it's it a is. fake. Vipers are fake. Tell like everyone in DC, Vipers are fake. <laughs> they also could have like played off the snake thing. I feel like they like they tried to put like a snake silhouette in the V, and they just like yeah. fast it. Yeah, I just forgot to like finish the the border of the snake or the design of it. So I don't know. I'm kind of mad about it. I do like the colors though. Always, always a fan of yeah. I'm mad. Shout out Sabres Goathead. Right, Matt is a great descriptor for (laughs) what I'm looking with the Vipers helmet. Now I'm intrigued to get your thoughts about our next one, DC Defenders. Okay, so I don't like it. I think the DC Defenders weirdly so popular. But like the DC Defenders symbol, I've always disliked and thought was pretty lackluster. Okay. And now you take this and the helmet is, which maybe this will win you over. The helmet is to Ohio State <laughs> for my taste. It does feel very Ohio State. So for that, I'm just like, mm. and then they, I feel like they try to save it from that with the, is it like camo? Like, what am I looking at? Like a two-tone splotching? Yeah. Whatever they're trying to do isn't enough to save it for me. See, I I, I don't mind it. it. It's better than like at first glance because when you first look at the logo, like I didn't see the C in the D. Okay. Initially. Uh-huh. So then when mm-hmm, so then mm-hmm. when it like came to me and I'm like, oh, there's a C in that D. That's all of your J's and B's. That's a sunny reference. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. We all know. We're all every okay. listener is aware. We're we all, all aware. Know um so like when i see like something like that it's like a magic trick it's like a magic eye like you're staring at it and then you kind of pull away and you're like oh there's the c i kind of like that i kind of like to be surprised like that so be dazzled be dazzled i like that it's a dazzling symbol i think for dazzling also what i think takes away from it is how the like how the background camo design doesn't penetrate into the c like the C yeah, is white. Pure white. So it's just yeah. like very, yeah, just like it's very apparent when I'm looking at a sticker here. Like it makes it seem low, like a low production value situation. 
Right. Like, yeah, uh, we tried no. to save save a few pennies by just having like the full sticker, something like that. If the XFL is about anything. It's saving a few pennies. We all That's do. for sure. <laughs> Final team, Tony, the St. Louis Battlehawks, my favorite helmet. I just think it flows really good. The color scheme's pretty cool. It's kind of got like a Army Navy college vibe to it. I, I, I really like it. Agree. I love it. Uh, elite helmet. I love what they've done with the how the visor flows into the wings. Looks I like that fantastic. Too, yeah. Yeah, I like like the color choices were great. I like a helmet that is not just that shows me more than just like we're slapping a symbol on the side and calling it a day. I like right. a, I like a helmet that brings a character to what to what I'm looking at. And this does. I love it. Battlehawks number one. Battlehawks number one. Uh, in, based on helmets. Based on, and, and based on who we support. Right. I think I think our, we got to put our backing behind the Battlehawks here. AJ McCarron. Oh, then yes, absolutely. Yes. Yes. (laughs) No, the AJ McCarron story was nice. He had a quote this week about, you know, saying like, yeah, I could be a backup in the NFL, but, you know, I wanted to come here and make moments happen so my kids can see me make moments happen. I'm like, that's a nice, that's That's a nice nice. sentiment. Yeah, it was really nice. I'm like, okay, now I, I get why XFL and USFL exists because of things like that. I, I, I got AJ McCarron got some fan points from me for that yeah. quote there. Making um, moments. Making moments for his kids. Nothing better, right? We all we all strive for that in parenting. St. Louis Battlehawks, XFL rule changes, all these new things in spring football. Tony, the final question I have to wrap up our XFL talk, with all these rule changes, with all these things like these players, uh, what was the story this week? The, one of the quarterbacks from the Orlando Guardians, was selling plays to the other team. <laughs> like I love what? the shiciness of it. Like I love the kind of amateur hourness of it. This XFL league feels feels right for a secondary football league. But the rule changes, the shiciness of the players. Are we one step closer to my dream? And it's been a dream for a while of finally having a rock and jock like be a permanent thing. Can we get a uh, basketball league where there's three baskets on top of each other and they all have different points and you can shoot it in the top and it goes through all three and you get triple the points. Like give me rock and jock sports at a professional level. First of all, that story that you shared about selling plays, uh, I would say there's at least one kid on every high school football team who would be more than willing to cut that deal and will be pursuing that this fall. Secondly, and they will have my financial backing. Yes. I, you will be the I mediary. Feel, I will be the Pete Rose between, between your place. No, you're like the launderer. Yeah. yeah, you're like the launderer. You're laundering plays for everybody so that it gets traced. If anything gets traced, it gets traced to you, and no one gets busted until someone gets That's pinched. Right. I'm the so fall guy. So the what the hell are you talking Oh, you're in now, baby. Oh, we're one step closer to Rock and Jack. I think Dan that Cortez the XFL returning has to be as host. Wow, I think that. XFL has to be way more successful than it is or is going to be before we start to take the DNA, the rock and doc DNA that go into an XFL game and start to translate it into other business opportunities. And uh, the XFL isn't going to like be turning heads. I think for anybody that says, Oh, we have to mimic this. We have to channel the magic that they're creating into an, and adapt it into another sport or into another situation. We're not there yet. Is it a step closer? Potentially. But there's a long way to go. Because there is a long way to go, of course. And I'm not saying it involves celebrities, but I'm just saying 
these wild outlandish ideas. For example, we all remember rock and jock basketball with the three baskets on top, as I previously mentioned, on top of each other. And you could score and it would fall through all three. And it was, I mean, that's electric. Like, go outlandish with it. Like, give me field goal posts that, like, can widen and narrow. Yeah, live like it's just like constant and you just got to time it and how how awesome would that be that would be pretty wild here's another awesome. one for you yeah here's, um, now now we're stealing yeah. rock and jack ideas yes tunnels under the field that receivers can oh. do their routes in all of a sudden they pop up like a gopher to catch the ball love it perfect that's a great idea you don't know where they're coming oh. from there's many holes nope. that they could pop out of yeah, same thing with defensive backs love it you don't know where they are they're popping up who knows where Love it. Then that it's it's the gopher game. It's the gopher game at Papa, baby. We have so we probably we could probably do a whole episode on outlandish ideas for uh, um, our rock and jock slash XFL slash sports league. That's right, Tony. We got uh like real professional sports to talk about, and that means the Bills, of course, because there's a lot of Bills to get into, as we mentioned at the top of the show. Uh, are you ready to throw it to Marv? That was so professionally insulting to the hundreds of men putting their lives on the line in the XFL when you said re- we have a real professional team to talk about. But the yeah. The purpose of the podcast, I'm saying. Give it to Marv. Let's, let's hear what Marv has to say about it so we can get back and take care of business. I'm excited Marv, for the game. Whether it's NFL or XFL, would say, go fight, go. So let's throw it to Marv. <laughs> hear those wise words sung. Uh, and we'll be back oh, after the break. And we are back, Tony. A lot of Bills news down the pipeline this week. Where do we start? Do you want to start with the stadium renderings? You being on the fan advisory board, I'm sure this is going to be brought up at the next meeting. Let's start with the stadium renderings because I think we mentioned it last week when we were, when I, I shouldn't say we, I compared Vaughn to a Buffalo artist rendering of things that in their art form look way nicer, but in reality, that's like, uh, 10 times what we're actually going to get. Uh, so we get a lot of artist renderings this week, coincidentally, of the new stadium. What are your initial thoughts? I, I'm sure you've been in the weeds with this, being on the fan advisory board, getting uh, input from the front office and then uh, and, and you giving input back to them. T- tell me about uh, your initial thoughts on the... F- I would say we've had brief looks this this seems like a finalized version or as close to what we're going to get to the real thing that has been released up until this point. Uh, what are your thoughts about the artist renderings that were released this week of the new stadium? Well, my thoughts are that clearly these architects are listeners to this very podcast, because oh, as you either. said, we yeah, because as you said, all of a sudden we're talking about it. And then within a week, it has been produced and released. And then also similarly, I noticed an article, I want to say it's a USA Today article, that said uh, Von Miller reveals he wants to be a GM after retiring. And I'm like, we just talked about that on the show, and also we knew that years ago. So (laughs) what I'm saying is, I don't care what the numbers say, our listenership is insanely vast worldwide. We're probably the most popular podcast in Bill's fandom. Certainly the number one self-rated podcast in Bill's fandom. And these artist renderings... Right, exactly. These are statistics. Statistics. Okay, these analytics. These renderings. This was my first inside. I'm pretty indifferent that to that image. Colors look nice, but it basically just looks like you know what I what I think it takes for a stadium to look modern 
is something asymmetric. And this stadium is completely symmetric. Like it very is symmetrical. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's very symmetrical. So I did notice the, what I presume is like some sort of like club area, some sort of standing table area on the field. I didn't know that I knew it would exist, but I didn't know it'd be on the field um, or field level, I should say in the corner, some heated area. Mm. Uh, yes. Other than that. Lots of, lots of pressure to those people when there's flurries, 40 mile an hour flurries and there's four feet of snow. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So, or they have to like shovel the field into that area. Yes. I don't know how that's going to work. Yeah. So symmetrical, you know, what else is another thing that I'm like, Ooh, stadiums look impressive and modern when they do this is non rectangular jumbotrons or non rectangular screen, like custom shaped screens, like yeah. the arrowhead. And then I see this. I'm like, Oh, cool. Re- cool. Rectangle. Everybody lame. Very basic. <laughs> so the rectangle is so oh, old. Such an old so basic school bitch. shape. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Give us like an oval. Is, oval is the new give, hotness. Oval is the new. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Oval is the new hotness. Or just give me a charging buffalo or a standing buffalo. Give me anything. Give me something yeah. with legs. <laughs> give me something with legs that actually has legs. Yeah. Right. Could be the double double little, in there. Or fit, fit your little rectangle in in a red streaking stripe and put a damn right. symbol around it. Give me something. Give, give me something. something to make it look like now, you tried. that. That's great phrasing. You use little rectangle. And I wanted to mention that because, and I know it's just in rendering. So this is, might not be close to the real thing. The scoreboard looks a little small. When we say Jumbotron, this is not very jumbo, especially for a new age modern stadium. Now, I know it's not indoor. So, you know, your options are limited. You can't hang it from a ceiling, obviously, like they do in Jerry World or any dome stadium. So you're, you're really just down to, to the end, end zones. But if you look at Baltimore Stadium, they have on both ends of the stadium, it's an outdoor stadium, two giant, just absolutely field width level or field width sized scoreboard. When you notice that on television, you're like, man, that is a damn big scoreboard. This artist rendering, we got we got a little guy. We got a little guy on our, on our scoreboard. I, I'm not a fan. I, I think it does seem a little compared to like the compared to the two bowls that it surrounds. Right. I mean, I think that it does seem, you know, my, it, would I be squinting if I'm in there for the early games compared to how it is now? Maybe. In terms of like scoreboard being small, you also mentioned the symmetry of the stadium and the the inside didn't seem that impressive to me. It just, it, it honestly, when I looked at it, I'm just like, this is just like the Ralph 2.0. I'm like, I'm looking at it yeah. like, oh, there's the rock pile, but it looks like a little wider and a little night. And there's the Jim Kelly club and it's red, not blue. <laughs> like it just seemed like they took what the Ralph was and just kind of, I don't know, added some bevel to it for any graphic designers. That means like depth to it. Um, nerd alert. It just seemed like, yeah, nerd alert. Just seemed like a, like a Ralph 2.0, which is, is probably what a lot of fans want. I don't know. I kind of want a SoFi. I was kind of want to. I kind of want a SoFi. I want, yeah, I want something modern. I'm more like you. You talked about some asymmetrical stuff. Like Buffalo is always so. This is not. This is fact. This is not like kicking the city while it's down. Like Buffalo is so behind the times on a lot of things. Like blue collar city, hardworking people. Like all this cliche stuff. Like like we just got a Chick Fil A like five years ago when like the rest of the country. Like we're just so behind on things. Like give me one thing that we're just like ahead of the eight ball on and that in this case is futuristic looking outdoor stadium. And I don't know if that's even possible, 
based on weather conditions and all this stuff. But I mean, from the inside, uh, it, it just looked like a souped up version of the Ralph to me. That's kind of what I thought too. Like it, from it, on the inside, because the inside of our current stadium is extremely symmetrical, as we said, but outside very like outside, I think it looks very modern. And that kind of, I think is the saving grace to it with like the, I assume I they're not glass panels, but with those transparent panels that, that I think is kind of the only, I, I shouldn't say only, but that's kind of like the impression you're getting uh, with the kind of tone that you're talking about of like, give me something that's going to be that everyone else will be in awe in just because it's the newest and because technology moves. Yes, I agree. The outside is the saving grace. The outside looks really good. I have a couple of thoughts. Um, first, uh, I want to get your thoughts on it as well. First, it appears like they're going to allow flags to be brought into the stadium now. Great sign. Inside. I love this progress. There's fans holding flags walking into the stadium. Oh, I mean, I saw them at the artist rendering of the tailgate. I guess I didn't notice them holding them walking to the stadium. So, yeah, that's good. There, I, I've been saying for years, we need a lot more of that. We need more flags. Definitely. Definitely need more flags. Need more fan, Throw them fans like a javelin. Holding javelin. Yeah, javelin style <laughs> objects. You thought Raekwon Davis getting hit with a snowball was bad. Just wait till flagpoles are introduced. <laughs> Absolutely. It's going to go down. It's getting gladiatorial. Two, love the glass. One thing I noticed when you look in the glass, though, it's like a little lounge area. On the second mm. floor, some nice circular lounge-ish cushion seats. Wondering what that's all about. Is that like a, a chill area? Is that what, What's that going to be? I, I can't imagine Bill's fans, Bill's mafia, not wanting to get to their seat inside and just kind of lounging in this, I don't even know, cafe mafia, if you will. <laughs> cafe mafia sounds like a real, sounds like a real place. Business idea? Yeah, cafe mafia. I love it. I actually think that might play. We should we should look into that. I think it would too. Yeah. For, for the classy bills right out there. Mm-hmm. Put your pinkies up and come to cafe mafia. Uh, Absolutely. Third thing. Third thing I notice. They're riding or dying with these Buffalo Bill statues, aren't they? These three bu- the, Buffalo statues. The brought. Buffalo statues, right. In the meetings, anytime we talked about the new stadium, and they would like reference things that we don't understand because we hadn't seen enough yet, they were always talking about like the entrance with these Buffaloes. Like that was just like the biggest. That's the thing. That's the, that, that was like the thing that everyone hy- that was like getting the hype. That the got jaw dropping. Yeah. Exciting. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. The jaw dropping thing that's going to hype everyone up. And I'm like, OK, they're statues. I mean, I'm led to believe by the size of the people that they're freaking huge. Yeah, that's what but, I'm saying. Like they're gigantic. Yeah. But I'm like, my experience would be the same no matter how big they were. I, I would rather have like kind of how I'm I'd rather have the statues of like historical figures to the organization. The Ralph statue, the Thurman mm-hmm. Wood statue. <laughs> classic thurman wood statue yeah the wooden statue of thurman thomas you never seen that it got stolen oh oh, oh. i know what you're, i know what you're talking about yeah get the chris yeah. thurman wooden one over there too yeah that's what i want just a normal sized statue of important figures in in bill's history maybe put them underneath the buffaloes but they are yeah this is, this is their focal point this is their this is their awe moment to walk up to these giant buffalo statues isn't it this is all they talk yeah, about. That's this is all they, they think. focused on in the renderings. Yeah, it kind of is like an entrance way of, I don't know what, like what words would you use to describe the entrance way? They think that like it's tough and intimidating. And I don't think it's that. I just think it's pomp and circumstance. I think it's Disney. I think any artist rendering is going to look Disney, Disney-fied. Yeah, Disney-fied. I guess you're right. Okay. 
if you will. I guess intimidating. Well, those statues are certainly intimidating for sure. I don't think outside they're referring to the intimidating. I think it's the inside because I guess the one thing I will say positive about the inside, every seat looks extremely close to the field. Regardless of whether you're 100 or 300, like that's in again, it's a rendering. So whether that's the actual construction of it, but the rendering looks like every seat is like covering over the field. (laughs) It looks very close to the field of play. So I I like that a lot. I like the canopy covering 65% of the stadium. Mm -hmm. I think there's some good things about the inside in terms of, you know, the pop and circumstance, as you said. You know, it looks the same as we mentioned, but I think there's some good things about the inside. I think that's where the intimidation factor comes in is it feels like the crowd is almost on the field with the players themselves. Yes. Imposing. It's an imposing crowd. Very imposing crowd. I I like the glass. I'm a big glass fan going back to the outside. I love love the the glass. You love love the the material. You love the movie, the character by Samuel L. Jackson. Yep. Tony, ask me what my favorite color is. What's your favorite color? Clear. Great third rock reference. <laughs> so I love the glass. I, I think as much as I rag on like it's not like futuristic and stuff, I think it lo- does look very nice. But I think that's yes. only I think I only say that because of what we can compare it to currently <laughs> is falling apart. <laughs> right. So I think anything by comparison is going to look really nice. And it's got a soccer stadium feel, which I'm all I like the game of soccer football, if you will. Ted Lasso I returning will. this month, by the way, March 15th. Yes. Uh, so those are my thoughts about the stadium. Tony, what it what are your final uh thoughts, likes, dislikes, okay, so concerns? Where, where I've really been like kind of trying to sort of dedicate my mental energy on this is like which direction is everything facing in the outside? So the rendering that's like the aerial of the outside. And it shows almost like people and you can see there's like the parking lots and like people are walking in and stuff on that part on the left. I presume that's like a closed Abbott road. Yes. And okay. then coming off of coming like sort of diagonal into that, there's like that circle kind of where the buffaloes are. It sort of like where rounds the buffaloes out. Are on. So is yep. that the corner? Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where the buffaloes are. On. Yeah, that's a good call. So like, is that the corner of Southwestern and Abbott? Is that really leading to anything except for the back of O'Brien's? I, so I guess. Right. Then yeah, I'm that's how to- I'm looking at it. See, to me, it seems so, as though I'm like, so is this actually kind of cutting off, right, to be something like kind of anticlimactic? Because really, that's just leading to the back of a bar and the back of a Louis. Is that a bad thing, though? No, I mean, I think all of Buffalo history is leading to the back of a bar. To be backed by a Louis? <laughs> yeah, right? That's what I'm saying. Is there anything more Buffalo? Right, I guess, I guess that's true. We want to preserve like, yes, the so- tradition or the, if this, if we want the stadium to be the personification of the city? To be back into back into a bar and a Louis and what that's Buffalo. Do we want that? right? Is that what we want? We want the stadium to be the to be the personification of the city because I think so. We can do better than that. Okay, it sounds like what they're going for. Yeah, I guess. Why else would so, they have three imposing Buffalo statues? Yeah, to reference how I met your mother, the city is aptly named. So now I'm also looking at this. So I'm looking at it. Seems like there's this circle with the, where the buffaloes roam, and that's really ultimately just leading to. Louise. Yes. And then I like these what I think are going to be giant entrance gates. Fewer gates, way bigger. I'm I'm fine with that. And I like this pedestrian walkway, but I'm also see 
I guess I'm confused about this pedestrian, about what I think is a pedestrian walkway. So there's like this parking lot on the bottom and then it all funnels to this sort of walkway that seems like a road. Like there's this line of tents and there's just like a road behind it of people. And then that road just fades away into a sidewalk. And then I'm supposed to... Probably fades away into parking, right? No, no. Like as I'm going to the right. So it just kind of like funnels into what seems like a sidewalk and then there's like a real road and then that yeah like that sidewalk's next to the road that would get you into the lot i don't know and then there's like a small weird entrance and then there's also ecc involved so i guess what i'm saying is i was initially excited because i'm like oh great unlike our current stadium because i just want easy access to get in and out unlike current stadium say, this yeah. stadium has the opportunity to do egress and getting in all the way around all 360 degrees can be in play to get That's people exactly in say, yeah. and to get people out. But it doesn't yeah. seem like it's doing that at all. I see three giant gates on Abbott road. I see some weird tiny gate. That's probably just for rich people. And I presume <laughs> there's a gate in the back because I see parking lots back there before the trees. So I guess there's nope. a gate over there, but it seems like the side we can't see doesn't offer that much probably because it's, it's a mis- so it's a mystery so it's like how many it is a mystery i think that i would rather have well, i guess what i'm saying is my fight is for 360 degrees of getting the fuck out because this whole <laughs> it seems like, like that it seems like that fight's not going to be as as difficult as it currently is like getting out of that stadium currently is a nightmare and we all know that yeah well this, i think getting out has... of stadiums easy getting out of the lot is not easy uh, yeah okay i, I, I can, like i can get on board with that because I like when I'm leaving, except for when I'm, you know, like on the stairs waiting for the entire section to leave. You know what I mean? Right, right. Except for that situation, I am usually like not breaking stride to get to my car. As soon as Everyone's I'm moving soon as at I'm, a good, good pace. Right. It's not, you know, I mean, I've been to other stadiums. You're saying like, all those people are in one like, area. Right. It's like I've been to other stadiums where it's more like what happens at the arena on the, on the 300 level in the oranges. When it's just like everything funnels to the escalators and it's just like you have to just like stand and wait somewhere yes. in this herd of people. And that's right. kind of how it was like in Jacksonville is like I have to like wait in this weird crowd. Like I went to Minnesota and it was you have to walk this insane route. We had to walk this insane route to get to our seats. Like the only way up was on the other side of the stadium. So we went up one level. Then we had to traverse from one end zone to the other to the other side of the stadium to get up those stairs or escalators just to get up to our level like. I, what I'm looking for is I don't ever want to break stride. I want to start walking and I don't want to stop walking until my destination. I want it all. Which, I don't want to only not break stride. I just want to not have people impede or prevent me from getting out swiftly and quickly. If cars prevent me from doing that because there's a log jam of whatever, I don't want to have there be like no cars on the street and me just waiting to get out of the lot because... I got to wait for a thousand people to walk across me. Mm-hmm. If they can prevent that, point too. they're golden. Well, I think they, there is a me, sense they've won that, me over. I think there is a sense that maybe that is in their on their radar because that walkway that I was mentioning before, I I believe it's raised. Think so? I think it goes over the the street. Well, like look above it, and there's that sort of like garden, rock garden sort of area. Yep. yep. Happening. So I I think that's beneath it. I think like I think that's why it kind of funnels to that sidewalk on the other side like i said i think it's i think it's raised and i think it's kind of a an outlook a balcony yeah i i wouldn't mind that as long as they don't i, I don't mind it either. as long as it doesn't take me 
two hours to get out of a lot. I'm I'm all for it. Also, with this going like to. full pan view, Buffalo does not have that nice of trees. I'm sorry, artist rendering people. <laughs> they don't get it. Let's get let's get the floral, the arbor of it all correct here. We don't have that nice of tree. <laughs> <laughs> but my my final thought, Tony, there's no way they get this thing done in three years. That was my other thought. I've thought that many times. Whenever someone says 2026, I say, what the like, hell are you talking about? You feel like, are you crazy? Have they even yeah. broke ground yet on this thing? No. Aren't they tearing down buildings at, yeah, at ECC? Tear down South? stuff. You got to clear out things. You got like, there's right. no way they get this done, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't know what they're talking like, about thinking that then, way. And then you're really fighting the clock on the Ralph. If this isn't, if this is delayed <laughs> yeah, like know. a year, like the doomsday clock, there's like a Ralph doomsday <laughs> clock and it's getting I mean, closer to midnight every year here. I would, I would say so. I would, there are many times in three hundreds that I'm like, I don't even know if it's safe to be up here. It right. doesn't feel like it is. <laughs> it's almost like turbulence on a plate. You really only shift like inches, but it feels right. like you dropped like 10,000 feet. I feel like that's <laughs> sitting in 300 level at the Bill Stadium currently is like, did I just move down? A little bit like no that can happen <laughs> you're you're fighting time here architects and designers and construction I, workers that's all i'm saying i will i will admit i've spent a good amount of mental energy trying to imagine or deduce like which side of the 300 is more likely to collapse right. the sunny side or the dark side right. it really takes away from your game day experience it does having a little bit. About, yeah, having to wonder about my own death. Nobody wants to do that going to an NFL game. Yeah. All right, moving on from the stadium. Those are our thoughts about the stadium. Listeners, we'll put a snippet of this on Twitter. Let us know your thoughts about the new stadium when we do. Tony, let's move on from outside the stadium to in the stadium, in the offices of the oh. stadium. Major departure announced this past week. One that many Bills fans were hoping for. After the playoff loss to the Bengals, Leslie Frazier, defensive coordinator, now former defensive coordinator of the Buffalo Bills, has decided to take a year off from coaching, according to the statement the Bills put out, with plans to return to coaching in 2024. Very vague. To me, when I read this and hear about this, this was a nice way of saying he got canned, right? This was a, uh, this was a, a respect thing for a guy who's had decades coaching in the NFL, who has spent six years building what what is despite their downfalls a pretty formidable defense i mean we can go through the stats they've had multiple seasons where they're ranked top five since 2017 when leslie frazier took the job the bills have been third in the nfl on average points per game first in total yards per game allowed first in passing yards per game passing touchdowns they they, they're annually at the top of the rankings in these things yes a lot of the eye test stuff is is tough. Their run defense still hasn't been fixed. They fall apart in big moments, such as playoff games against teams that are on the same level as the Bills or, or better on the Bills, essentially. But um, for, for the most part, Leslie Frazier has done a tremendous job building this defense and sustaining success with this defense. But this wording, the timing, the the surprise that it was of the announcement in the news it it feels like we respect this guy we're canning him and this is instead of saying we were relieving him of his duties or he has been fired whatever the phrasing teams use this seems like a nice way nice way to say he 
he's no longer going to be with the Bills organization because they didn't say he was coming back to be defensive coordinator of the Bills in 2024. They didn't say he was getting his old job. They didn't say anything along the lines of this man is going to be with this team when he returns to coaching and he needs a year off because coaching is mentally taxing and whatever it happens to be or health related issues. And hopefully nothing dire is in Leslie Frazier's life or with his family or whatever. But this seems like a very nice way to say he got canned for a guy they respect and they just want to save face from a PR perspective and a, and a media perspective and in a respect to the, the man perspective. That's what it man. seemed like to me. Matt, is this the Witty Not Funny sports podcast or is this the Alex Jones sports podcast? Because you're dropping some psychotic, crazy conspiracy theory over here that I do not subscribe to. What's conspiracy about this? All the speculation. Of of what? That he got fired and that they're saying that and that they're saying it this way out of respect. I do not believe he got fired. I believe that this was. No, I believe that this was Leslie Frazier's choice. 100%. 100%. I believe really? that Brandon Bean addressed that in a few quotes that I saw that he said from uh, his combine press conference, as that was the yeah. early line of questions. Yeah, he's going to say all that stuff. Of course he is. He's not going to throw okay. Frazier under the bus for himself. Okay. And you so even he, he wants to look like he... to what so listen to what you yourself are saying and tell me how that's not qualified as a conspiracy theory. Like, yeah, the government's not going to tell us there's UFOs. Shit. Just saying, of course they're just gonna PR, cover that up from a pr perspective he's gonna say brandon bean also mentioned you know how leslie will be still respected in the locker room all this like they're gonna say all this stuff of course they are and the players i also contact say, him and all this stuff this is the hand they played they're gonna they're gonna see it to the end like they're not gonna say like yeah he's not gonna be part of this organization anymore or at this time why not why not say that to save face for themselves because they've yeah. Hits their wagon to him. Sure. Come on. You hit your wagon 100% to whatever coach is in there. Now, I also would say my other counter argument to this is that the secession, like there's no replacement. The replacement is just Sean will do it in collaboration with others in the room and will be generally fine. If there was that's, a fire. That's my biggest concern. Yeah. That's my biggest concern too. But if there was a firing, then there would be a change of regime. There would be a new defensive coordinator coming around don't think that's al holcomb wouldn't just no i don't think that's al holcomb i think al Hol in in real life no i think i think that there's al holcomb has a big voice i think sean mcdermott has a big voice did it not read to you like the way he was talking is that there is no defensive coordinator there's a team of defensive coaches yes we have a lot of great minds in the room bobby babich eric washington yeah there's a team right right so that is setting things up for his return. Like that makes it set up to be temporary. That's not Why wouldn't they say that, that then? Set up. Why wouldn't they say they he's what? returning to the Bills in 2024? I got the impression that because he can't commit to that. He said he's returning he to coaching. He's committed to returning to coaching. So why well, wouldn't they okay. say if he's returning to coaching, why wouldn't they say he's returning to coaching the Bills? Maybe that's I don't know. When does when his contract run out? Well, that's the other. I think it runs out at the end of this year, but. I think if I think if you take a year off, like that doesn't count contractually, right? They're not paying him anything for sitting at home. So he bumps that year remaining to next year, right? Maybe, but maybe, but maybe that's a maybe you have to sign like an MOA for that or something. And Brandon Bean just had to like choose his words carefully because it's not settled. I'm sure Brandon Bean had to choose his words carefully. Yeah. 
Right. Sure, he's. But I would say he's purposely vague with this. I would say it's far more likely that maybe he will return. They, he's welcome to return if that's in his heart. But I, I don't think. But you don't need to say. You, you could say he's fired every off season. Every team, not every team, but like every team that's having a, a change like this is saying that they got fired. There's, it's not weird. Let me ask you this. Who do you think this looks this looks bad on? Do you think this looks bad on Frazier for the timing of it? Or do you think it looks bad on the organization for not getting ahead of it and waiting? You know, I'm sure Leslie Frazier didn't wake up one Tuesday. Or maybe he did. I'm not here to speculate. But I'm, I'm guessing he didn't wake up one Tuesday morning and say, yeah, I'm going to take a year off. Like, I'm no, but mentally, I think that... mentally exhausted. I'm, physically, I'm getting up there and it, like this had this had to be on his mind since the end of the season, I would imagine. Right. Well, goes home after been. the playoff loss, spends time with his family and says, yeah, maybe I could use a year off. Or I don't think it looks on, bad for anybody. On Frazier. No, no. I think it looks bad for everyone. Oh, I think it looks like the organization. Well, that's just because you're no a judgmental son of a on. bitch. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. Why would we have a podcast if we're not being judgmental, Tony? Come on. <laughs> The whole point of podcasting. That's that is true. That is every every two white losers with a podcast are just judgmental assholes, including us. Including us. We're in that category. Yeah, for sure. I don't how I don't like how right? you use the word loser though to describe. It. Thanks, Tony. Jeez. Well, you know, I mean, every half wit and sitcom star is a podcast now. So that's true. But to do it like to make the announcement after all these candidates who could potentially replace Frazier because you don't know what's going to happen in the future. Ozzy Frazier could take a year off and say, yeah, this, this life is good. I'm so he's done. Gone. I've spent, yeah. I spent all my time coaching and had great success and be, been a head coach in this league. And, you know, I didn't get any interview opportunities and the head coaching things probably passed me by. I, I'm good. So for him to do it now, when all not saying there's wouldn't be candidates next year, but you could have got a candidate like Steve Wilkes before he went to the San Francisco 49ers, or you could have got a guy like Brian Flores before he went to Minnesota. They, they took defensive coordinator jobs. If this happened a month earlier, those candidates are in play. And those are two candidates out of a couple that I would have really liked in this organization. So me too. This looks good from Frazier's perspective for the timing. I don't think this looks good from B's perspective because it doesn't look like he has a handle of what's going on inside the walls of Ralph Wilson stadium offices. <laughs> like I, I don't think this looks good on anyone. I see what you're saying. So you're saying, you know, because this is a big decision and Brandon Bean said that the conversation had been happening that ultimately resulted in uh, that ultimately resulted in Leslie Frazier saying he's going to take a year off. You're saying Brandon Bean could have and should have been looking at some of the bigger candidates to, to replace, to be the replacement or to be Absolutely. a replacement. Absolutely. Well, I think that the kind of what I would speculate to that is that the conversation, those conversations were had. And those conversations resulted in them saying, we'll just do it collaboratively because we have all the minds in the row. I guess it depends if you look at it like, is this Leslie Frazier's defense or is this Sean McDermott? And Leslie Frazier is just, you know, a talking head to Sean McDermott's right. defense. Sean McDermott is really the one pulling the strings of, of the defensive puppet. Mm-hmm. Like, so what do you if, think? if that's the case, I, I think it is because we've seen in the past that Sean McDermott has taken play calling back from Leslie Frazier has not been happy mm-hmm. with Leslie mm-hmm. Frazier in some circumstances. So I think this is just, we need, I mean, I'm not saying Leslie Frazier doesn't have a say or an input into defensive play calling game by game or schematics from Monday to Saturday. Um, but all in all, this is Sean McDermott's defense. And I think, I think that's why they probably felt comfortable 
having a what is the mythological figure with multiple heads? I think it's a, cere- a Cerebus. It's a dog with three heads protecting hell, if I have my history right. I was reading an article about elementary teachers that is a woman with two heads, but so it's two people. Oh. And and it was that's, talking that's about some Ripley's how, Believe It or Not stuff. Well, it was talking about how is it fair that it's one salary? Oh, no. That's awful. Yeah. <laughs> one healthcare plan? <laughs> That's a good point. One health, uh, so it would be one health plan. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, that's oh, some interesting. So anyway, send me that article. Yeah. I want to read. That. All right, I'll see if I can find it. <laughs> um, so is it this multiple thing in that approach? Because it is Sean McDermott's defense. Ultimately, he's the one having the final say in, in things, regardless of Leslie Frazier being there or not. I think so. And that's why they're okay with this approach, and that's why they're okay with this timing, and that's why they're okay with not going for. Even though I'm not okay with any of this, they're okay with not <laughs> going for a bigger name names right. in the defensive coordinator space so now let me ask you this yeah okay so do you think this brings a new urgency to the what we used to talk about years ago to a big nickel are we going to be trying to draft a big nickel now because mm-hmm. with the vo- with with him out of there and we know sean mcdermott has had a lot of success and loves himself a big nickel now is it like was a big nickel does it go from does it go from want to need possibly i i don't know that's a good question because they've before been in situations where or rumors have been out there that they've been interested in drafting a guy who plays the role of big nickel, Kyle Duggar, Jeremy Chin, mm-hmm. a couple of years ago in the right. draft. You know, I think they brought in Saran Neal to play that role, but I, I think he has some deficiencies in coverage. And, and it seems like they've just naturally just kind of defaulted to a standard nickel defense as their base, right? With Taron Johnson. Mm-hmm. So. The one thing I will say about Sean McDermott, I think this goes to to the talking point we were just making. I guess if Sean McDermott is taking over the defense and the defensive play calling and is going to be the end all be all say in, in defense, I, I am ultimately okay with it because I feel like where Leslie Frazier lacked, Sean McDermott excels in, and that's evolving and adapting. Mm. I think mm-hmm. over the years, we've seen Sean McDermott evolve and adapt as a head coach to the modern NFL game, going for more on fourth down, being aggressive, playing in more of the analytics. I think Leslie Frazier was old school Rex Ryan mentality of this is the defense. We're going to stick with it and we're not going to adapt regardless of the game situation, regardless of the team we're playing. Like this is the defense that we know is status quo successful in some way, shape or form. And we're going to, I think Sean McDermott taking over, means we might see some adaptation, which maybe means big nickel. Maybe it means a little 4-3. Or th- mm. I think they ran a lot of 4-3, just base in Carolina, back in his Carolina days. So, and, and that and that's has me optimistic because I just don't think Leslie Frazier was willing to adapt or evolve with the flow of the game week to week or, or within the game itself. I think Sean McDermott adapts year to year. We've seen it. I think he's going to do the same for the defense. Call me optimistic. No, I think that's good because my thought process when, you know, obviously the first thing that you hear that you think of when you learn that someone like that is leaving for one reason or another, we'll let history decide that is okay. So who's going to replace him? Like what's the plan now? And I was thinking about Leslie Frazier was brought in to be the stable veteran coach. That's going to help out Sean McDermott as a, as a first year coach. And then all of a sudden we right. see, well, like we're way past that, that now. 
So now we would see the opportunity to be like, all right, we can get like a young hotshot coach to come in and some, some up and comer that's going to be, you know, really progressively thinking, really uh, forward thinking kind of coach. And like, that's kind of what you hope for, you know, someone who's going to come in, wow, everyone, be a head coach candidate. So that's kind of like what I was thinking. Okay. So now is the time to make that move, but you're right. Like that's who Sean McDermott was at, at that time. So I guess if he's, doing it then that's in a sense what we got that's certainly not what we got without holcomb which is kind of like what i was thinking i was like because holcomb's here so is that anything no but we'll see i just have more concern about the idea of sean mcdermott doing too much and doing two jobs and you kind of alluded that you were concerned by it essentially de facto defensive coordinator and head coach and so what i'm kind of telling my what i'm telling myself to make myself feel better about that concern is that well Chan Gailey did it and the offense was super good. And I love that offense. So if Chan can do it, maybe it's going to be okay. So it seems more doable. Tony, are you saying what I think you're saying? Yes, we Chan. Yes, we Chan. Yes, we Chan. Sean McDermott. Yes, we Chan. Yes, we Chan. There's no four Chan. Um, There's not eight Chans. There's one Chan and it's Chan Gailey. And he did two jobs. That's right. If he can do two jobs, you could do two jobs, Sean. We have faith in you. Yes, you, Chan. Tony, the other side, we're looking at this from a fan's perspective, obviously. We need to look at this from a player's perspective, too. Von Miller was quoted as saying when the news came through, quote, he had a great year with us last year. He's had several great years the whole time he's been there. So I didn't see it coming, especially the timing of it. How do you think this looks to not only those players currently on the team, not only new guys like Von Miller and Tim Settle and like Daquan Jones, but guys who have grown under Leslie Frazier, Taron Johnson, Tremaine Edmonds. How do you think this looks to a player's perspective, both currently on the team and those with free agency looming to those that are joining the bill or potentially thinking about joining the bill? I think that there's a certain, well, I don't know. It's really hard for me to say because I don't know what texts went around. I don't know what meetings occurred for how he addressed it with with the players themselves. Right. Certainly it would be surprising. And it's kind of a unique situation because, you know, the door is open in general for it. I don't know. How does it look? I think that these are professionals. And I think that they've seen a lot of things come and go. They've literally had hundreds of coaches. I mean, that might be an exaggeration. Well, maybe, but maybe even not. Then they literally had hundreds of coaches throughout their football playing lives. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's as big a thing as we're making it out to be from their mindset. Yeah, I, I mean, the especially in a world where like the playbook is not changing, the philosophies and concepts are not really changing. Right. So, right. So ultimately, it's Sean's defense. I will say, like timing aside, it's got to be weird being at the combine for Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott and the rest of the coaching staff. I think if you're like a incoming rookie and you meet with the Bills, especially if you're on the defense side of the ball now. You say like, well, what's what's going on with the de- the defensive coordinator? Like, who who's the defensive coordinator here? Who should I be? Who should I be I don't talking think to? Thinking who that should at I all. be networking with? If, if I was a incoming rookie, I and I want to get my career off on a successful foot. I think I'd be thinking about that. This team just had their defensive coordinator leave. They're not really filling the position. They're doing this multi-headed approach to it. I don't know. That I think that would be kind of concerning if I was a rookie who wants to have a successful long career in this this league. I mean, it'd be on, my, I it'd be on maybe, my mind. I think maybe if the Bills weren't good, but I think that all their the players are thinking about is 
this is an opportunity and I'm going to make the most of this opportunity with whichever human they put in front of me. And it doesn't matter who it is or what it is. And I'm not really worried about some, I don't know. I don't think they're worried about something like that. And I also think that this is not the kind of job interview where you're interviewing them and they're interviewing you. This is a job interview purely that is they're interviewing you and you have no say. That's a good point. I look at it from a college perspective though, of like when you're recruited by a coach and you go to that school because you were recruited by that coach or that coach gets fired during your college career and a new coach comes in who didn't recruit you. Like those players like fall out of favor pretty quickly most of the right. time and they have to transfer or whatnot. If you get drafted by this amalgamation of coaches that the bills are running the defense side of the ball and then a new defensive coordinator comes in that doesn't fit what they did before or doesn't fit your personal skill set. I, I don't know. I, I think that would be something I'd be thinking about if I was I was a rookie. Not that they have a say. If they get drafted by the Bills, they get drafted by the Bills and they have to make the best of it. But I don't know. It would be going through my mind. But there is no change. Like like I said before, everything else is consistent. So no one's falling out of favor. Like it's it's the right, same. I'm saying vision. there could be in a year or two, though, right? Oh, I, oh, I see what you're saying. Uh-huh. Scheme. Yeah, new defensive scheme. Potentially, yeah. Fit. Yeah, so interesting. Especially um, if it goes south, yeah. It'd be interesting to see throughout the year how his defense looks different, how the players react to this news and this new different approach. I will tell you one thing, Tony, like listening to Brandon Bean, his presser, reading this press release about Leslie Freight, the, the vibes on this team are around this team are, are not great right now. As someone without being a big vibes guy, as someone without has me a lot of sources to read that from my I don't know that I am picking that up or not picking that up, but I'm just saying the vibes don't feel good around this team right now. Mm, all right. And, and listening to Brandon Bean speak at the combine this week kind of had me feeling that the vibes aren't good around this team right now. Listeners, as you know, Tony is off of Twitter, gave it up for Lent. I don't know how he's surviving, but he is. But the fun thing is because Tony's off of Twitter, we're going to make some news up on what Brandon Bean said at the combine. Tony, you tell me if this is actually something Brandon Bean said, or actually he did not. Are you ready? I'm going to throw some quotes at you. Okay. The first quote on the aforementioned Leslie Frazier. He can't coach defense anymore for some reason. We'll see what goes on. I forgot the question. Is that something Brandon Bean said or Brandon Bean did not say Mm. about Leslie Frazier? I mean, it certainly does sound like something someone really said. These are all all quotes somebody said. Okay. Okay. Uh, I will say that is not something that Brandon Bean said. That, that is correct. That is something a uh, former Buffalo Bills coach Rex Ryan said. Of course, he said. That, that. sounds right. <laughs> of course, sounds Rex right. Ryan forgets the question. Guy who also compared the combine to a pregnancy would say something so ludicrous and ridiculous. Like, oh, he forgot the question two seconds after it was asked. Next one, Tony. On the Bills' offense, quote, it's hard to always count on a 10, 11, 12-play drive, but there's times in games when a three-play drive for a touchdown is pretty good, too. Is that something Brandon Bean said or did not say? Uh, I will say yes, Brandon Bean said that. That is correct as well. Now, let me ask you this, Tony, as a follow-up. Is a three-play drive for a touchdown a pretty good thing? It depends on the situation. Brandon Bean but... thinks it is. I mean, depends on the situation, but I think, yeah. Like, I think it is... I think it is generally a good thing. I think any drive for a touchdown is a good thing. That is true. Now, 
the first part of that quote is it it's hard to always count on 10 11 12 play drive right is it can that be the the mean we strive for not only does it usually equate to the offense moving the ball down the field if they get double digits in terms of plays on that drive which usually means they're in a scoring position if they're running that many plays but it also helps on the defensive side of the ball because if you dominate time of possession with long drives or long drives with many plays then a the other team can't score because you have the ball obviously and b your defense gets a rest three play drives are nice they result in the same thing as a 12 play touchdown drive does but your defense doesn't get the rest which could lead to the other team scoring very easily it also gives the ball right back to the other team to score potentially very easily so i think we should strive more towards 12 play drives less towards three play drives we talked about for the past month the always hitting home runs offense that ken dorsey seemed to install uh especially in the last month two months of the year I, I think we need to strive for more 12 play drives. It's just me. Just a thought. I think you need both. I think it's situational. I think it's the ebbs and flows of the game. But I sure like that we have an offense that has the ability to do both. It is nice. It is nice when you have a quarterback who mm-hmm. gives you the ability to do both. Tony, next quote, talking about players at the combine, what they're looking for in a potential fit for their team. Quote, sometimes it's hard to measure what's behind the left nipple, a.k.a. the heart. Do I think Brandon Bean said this? Yes. Did Brandon Bean say that? I'm going to say no. I don't think Brandon Bean said the word nipple into a microphone. <laughs> you really think he wouldn't say nipple? In that situation, in that terminology. Saying nipple is not a classy word. Is Brandon Bean too classy to use the word nipple? I think he's I think he's the consummate professional. I think also in that situation, there's so many different ways that you could phrase that. Right. And I don't that doesn't read to me as Brandon Bean's personality <laughs> describe a player with heart as measuring what's behind the left nipple <laughs> well you're right Brandon Bean did not say that that was John Fox back when he coached the Bears John Fox who said that John Fox who thought was a man of class and integrity but just throwing the nope throwing the nipple <laughs> out there <laughs> yep next quote Tony this one might be a little difficult quote we are committed to being forward thinking we are committed to being the best in every area we are making a determined effort to move that way. We are in the process of that process. Process of that. You had me thinking yes until the phrase process of that process. I thought that oh. phrase would sway you opposite. I thought that you would, think that phrase would start at the no oh, and sway in the process? yes. Because of the double process. Drop. See, I don't know. I think being, I think Bean is a well-spoken person. I think that he wouldn't create a sentence like that. So I'm going to say no. I'm going to say not a Brandon Bean quote. He's not one for multiple cliche uses. <laughs> he's not sentence. one to use a double word, I think. Uh-huh. That's probably true. It is Brandon Bean mentor, is former Giants GM Dave Gettleman. Yeah, that feels like a Gettleman thing. Okay, yes. yes. Interesting that Correct. Gettleman would drop a couple processes and then that's the moniker, that's the theme the Bills adopt mm-hmm. when Brandon Bean comes over. Feels very fitting. Brandon being learned under yeah. Gettleman, taking his cliche terms over to the Bills with him from the Panthers. See, I associate process as more of a McDermott thing. Do you associate it as more yeah. of a Bean thing? I think this is one of the cases where it's a McBean. It's a McBean. It's a classic, it's a classic McBean. McBean double team. <laughs> I think they got together when they first started and said, "How can we change the culture of this organization?" Which mm-hmm. 
by all means needed to be changed. And then they got to the drawing board, did some brainstorming, said, let's think of a word cloud of terms or words, whatever. And Brandon Bean said, you know, Dave used to use this word process a lot. I like I think that's kind of the the talk track of how the the process started. I think it's a McBean double team phrase okay. term cliche. That's my okay. thought. Fair. Uh this one is pretty easy. Next quote. I'm wondering if I should omit the player's name because I think that would be obviously telling. So <laughs> I, I'll just give you this, but is I just it, want to get your thoughts a, on the quote. Is it a current player or is it a a prospect? Uh, neither. Oh, okay. I'll just tell you, this is a Brandon Bean quote, but I want to get your thoughts on it because it's a jaw-dropping quote at that. Brandon Bean was quoted as saying at the Combine, we'll look at cognitive traits and processing speed, and some of it is position-specific data. And then he starts Mm. talking about the offensive line, talking about the performance of the offensive line, ends the quote with saying, this doesn't mean we wouldn't want to bring Roger back. You got to be kidding me, Brandon. You got to be kidding me. That you're even thinking about bringing Roger Saffold back into oh. the fold here. See, I thought you meant this doesn't mean we wouldn't be interested in bring, bringing Roger back after talking about how we measure, how we're measuring cognitive abilities in the people who would potentially replace Roger. I, it sounds to me the way that you presented it is that he's saying Roger Saffold is dumb. Are we're, we talking about one and the same here? Like Roger Saffold and any other offensive lineman? Is that what you're saying? Saying like, should we not be judging the cognitive traits of these offensive linemen? I'm not saying Roger Saffold's dumb. I'm just saying like, from a no, football perspective, like, watching him it sounds like get blown by by DJ Reader and then just stand there. Right. Maybe we should no, be assessing like, the cognitive abilities from a football perspective. Right. It sounds like Brandon Bean is calling Roger Saffold dumb, saying, "Well, we would really like you know our offensive linemen to have some superior cognitive abilities." But I mean, not to say that we wouldn't also bring back Roger Saffold who doesn't have cognitive abilities. Right. I think, that's, I think that's, that's what it sounds like the implication is here. It's all, according to Dennis Reynolds, it's all about the implication. <laughs> Another Sonny reference. Dropping them hot tonight. We've been watching a lot of Sonny lately. Yeah, it shows. <laughs> do you think there's a chance they bring Roger Saffold back? Yeah. And there's a chance. I'd say, you do? I, I, I'm, I, can't, I'm not hoping I can't imagine they watch that tape and say, no, I don't want it to happen either. I can't imagine they watch that tape and say, this is a guy we want back. Well, to that, I say Bobby Hart's been on the team for years and keeps coming back. I know. So, I know. At least Bobby Hart, like when they went heavy packages and Bobby Hart was in there, you're like, okay, he's effective in some way, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> and if it's a, if it's in that way, I, I guess I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. Just see how just they, as the just extra guy. And, as a little bonus the, guy. Yeah, just as the extra guy. Yeah, just as the extra. I just don't see how they watch game tape in the offseason and be like, if our main goal is to protect our $250 million investment right. that we can bring or even consider bringing Roger Saffold back, he PFF graded him one of the worst offensive linemen in the league. He did not pass the eye test in any way throughout the season to me. I mean, it's it's just, it was a mind-blowing. He could, he could have just said nothing, but for him to, <laughs> for Brandon Bean, that is, right. to say Roger's name specifically... Tells me there's a chance, and I it just my my jaw was on the floor. I can I couldn't believe it. I could. It also not tells me believe it. It also tells me that maybe we're looking for interior offensive linemen a little bit higher in this draft than we might think. If they're thinking this is going to be, I think we a are plan. Yeah, they're saying this is going to be like what we're planning on because we're not bringing Roger because we're potentially not bringing Roger back. 
which means we need a starting caliber player. Yeah, I think that's I think that's we're definitely looking at that. Does that concern you? How do you feel? Too. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about an early draft pick potentially number one being an interior offensive lineman? Oh, I am absolutely okay with that. Oh, interesting. Okay, I, I have a, a leeriness to it, and I say like, that I think because there, I think I there's a couple who like I would be pretty stoked about. We haven't drafted oh, okay. an offensive lineman in the first round since Eric Wood. Right. So, I mean, it's it's been a while. But when you look up and down this roster, I think the biggest deficiency is offensive line, and especially that guard spot. I think Ryan Bates, not last year, but the year prior, if you can move him to left guard, where he, I thought he played better than when you moved him to right guard this year, and then you bring in a stud right guard, like a Dewan Jones from Ohio State, mm-hmm. who all I, all I read was, just dominant at the senior bowl, huge mammoth of a human being. Osiris Torrance from Florida is a lot of talk in Bill's Mafia and unmocked drafts. Guard, very highly rated. John Michael Schmidt. Like there's there's a couple guys, especially at the senior bowl, which we know Brandon Bean loves senior bowl players. We draft them mm-hmm. all the time. There's a couple guys who who get me excited, honestly. Like if we if they fell to us and we drafted them, um Dewan Jones is my pick though. When I talk about massive human being, like the man's nickname is Big Thanos from Marvel. <laughs> for all those Marvel, that Thanos. regular Thanos is already pretty big, right? That's what I'm saying, Tony. Right. That's what I'm saying. Regular Thanos is relatively large compared to if we Captain drafted America just regular Thanos, I'd be pretty satisfied as a big guy. We could potentially draft Big Thanos, which would be wow. great. must be a really it's big inevitable. guy. Must be a really it's big inevitable. Thanos. Uh, it's <laughs> nice. Would would you be disappointed in an offensive lineman in the first round? Uh, I'd be leery just because I feel like we don't have a good track record with our linemen draftees. We have a lot of misses and not as many hits as I would like on on the on the offensive line. Um, so, like to use a high investment pick like that, I want to be and me be like, oh well, I hope they're good or I hope they pan out. That's how I'd feel about it going in. Basically, is what That's is the what draft. Any player, I guess you're draft, right. You're like, oh, I hope they pan out. <laughs> I guess you're right, but there's certain players that I'm always just like, well, they're obviously going to pan out. Like, they're clear as day. But I don't okay. know. We'll see. Uh, those are the quotes from Brandon being at the Combine. Love the Combine. We'll be checking it out this weekend, seeing some big... There's always a Combine crush. Uh, my fondest memory of my Combine crush was Marcel Darius. Like, that guy killed the Combine. <laughs> if the Bills don't draft him, I'm going to be super ticked. Uh, so there's always one player that destroys the Combine every year that is my combine crush. I'm very intrigued to see who will be after this weekend. Um, Tony, have you ever had one of those Marcel Darius moments that I've had? Uh, Eric Ebron. Oh, okay. I like that. Yeah. And then that's why I was excited because in my mind, we could have like, taken him. OJ Howard was like the next Eric Ebron. Yes. And, and and also similarly blew up the combine. So I was like, oh, sweet. We got OJ Howard. Like, this is going to be so great. And then he didn't make the team. That's so great. <laughs> that's yeah. so great. Not so great for uh, me. It could have been great, but it wasn't. Could have been. He scored two touchdowns for the Texans week one and then just disappeared. I know. It was cool. Two, those two touchdowns could have been our touchdowns. Uh, exactly. Tony, what do you say we wrap up? What do you say we wrap up this episode? Yeah, I'm 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 willing to do that. I'm willing to do that as well. <laughs> oh, the weather outside is frightful, but my drink is so delightfully cold thanks to Traveling Growler. And since we know place to go, keep it cold, keep it cold, keep it cold with a Traveling Growler koozie. Koozie starting at just $5. Check out www.travelinggrowler.com today.
And now back to the show. Thank you, as always, to our sponsor, Traveling Growler, www.travelinggrowler.com. Quality koozie starting at just $5. Shop local, support local. It is a Buffalo product, a Buffalo brand. Travelinggrowler.com. Check them out. Podcast store, teespring.com. You can find all our designs, t-shirts, hoodies, long sleeves. It's getting into summer. Crewnecks. We got all the designs, all the colors, all the sizes. <laughs> getting into summer. That's crewneck season. It's definitely crew next season in Buffalo. You're not wearing, you're not, if if you don't wear or have a nice crew neck or hoodie for those cool summer nights in Buffalo, you're not doing it right. I guess this, I, I mean, that is true. You want to keep a crew neck okay. in the car. That's right. During summer. So make it a way time when you're like crew neck. That's a good point. That's the perfect crew neck when you, to keep in your car. When, when you're, Stirring your bonfire on those beautiful Buffalo beaches at night in a, in a swift breeze is coming off the cleanest lake you've ever seen in Lake Erie. You're going to need <laughs> the cleanest a, version of Lake Erie you've ever seen. Maybe <laughs> you're going to need a wait up buddy crew deck sweatshirt. Uh, Teespring.com. You can also find some of our designs on the built and Buffalo fan shop, support the podcast, get a crew neck, get anything. Teesprings.com. Search way not funny, all one word. Where to find the podcast? You can find the podcast anywhere you find podcasts. I listen to for free. iTunes, Spotify, on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Search Built in Buffalo. Search way not funny, all one word. If you like us, subscribe, leave us a review, show us some love. We always like to say whether you give us two minutes or two hours of your time, we greatly appreciate that. And that has not changed in 120 episodes. We really do appreciate all our listeners. If you get a slight chuckle out of this, we feel like we've done something good. So. Thank you to all the listeners who have tuned in 120 episodes later. Twitter handles. Tony, you're not on Twitter, so I don't even know if we should plug your Twitter handle anymore. I would say, you know, just walk around should the we northeast just part from of Rochester and you'll find me. <laughs> find Tony at your local Rochester garbage plate establishment. Just walk around East Wegmans for a, while, a long enough time. You'll, I'll show up and you can share yeah, whatever thoughts up. you have with me. He'll be wearing Bill's gear. Say, hey, you're Tony. Say, yeah, I am. And you'll have a great conversation. Yeah, maybe we uh, will. You can find the podcast. <laughs> of course. You can find the podcast at Witty Sports 716, Twitter, Instagram, Witty Not Funny Sports, TikTok, Facebook page. Follow us. We'll follow back. We love connecting to the Buffalo sports community out there. Bill's Mafia, Saber Swords people. Give us a follow. Hit that follow button. Tony, that's all I got other than send off for the listeners. Give it to them. Go Bills. But the Bills I'm talking about are the bills in that I'm playing Utility with bills. in red <laughs> in retro bowl right now. Oh, you're a retro bowl guy. Are you a retro bowl guy? I'm not. I need to be though. Okay. I feel like, yeah, I feel like I'd be all That's about retro time. bowl. It's a good time. Mm -hmm. So I've heard, so I've heard, I got to get on that. Go retro bowl, go bills. And of course, go retro bowl bills, go real bills. And of course, stay witty out there. Everyone. Thanks for listening. Peace. Bye. Bye. Going to play retro bowl now. I've been playing retro bowl for half the show. Marshawn is a fresher breath there. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love each and most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? That's it it, it kind of looks like a football, actually. It, Thank you for that. It's stitching you that, guys. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, stay focused. Um, work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It builds a bomb! It builds a bomb! 
It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network.